Star Wars 7x7, episode 1311. Today, it's an interview with Kemp Remillard, the illustrator for Star Wars The Last Jedi, Incredible Cross-Sections. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Kemp Remillard, illustrator of the Star Wars Incredible Cross-Sections books. You're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And hey, happy Super Bowl Sunday to you, whether you're an Eagles fan or a Patriots fan or a fan of some other team or, heck, if you're not a football fan at all, happy Sunday to you. And I just wanted to say this interview is following up on the heels of our interview yesterday with Jason Fry, the author of Star Wars The Last Jedi Incredible Cross-Sections. Now you get to hear about that book from the other side of the house, from Kemp Remillard's point of view. He is the illustrator of this one. He's also been the illustrator for the Force Awakens Incredible Cross-Sections book and did some illustrations for the updated Complete Locations book that came out a while ago and also did cross-sections for the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide that was penned by Pablo Hidalgo. But most of the interview, most of the conversation here centers around The Last Jedi Incredible Cross-Sections, so we're going to dive right into that. And once it's over, there's going to be a quick sponsor break, and then please stick around after that because there's another project on the horizon, or at least I believe there could be, and I will explain what I'm talking about with that. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, let's jump right into my conversation with Kemp Remillard, illustrator of The Last Jedi Incredible Cross-Sections. Kemp Remillard, thank you so much for joining me again on Star Wars 7x7. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Alan? It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. And I am very excited to be talking to you from the other side of the pond because you have made the jump to Berlin, actually. You're now living in Germany. That's right. Uh, ich bin ein Berliner. I should say Ich bin Berliner because that's the way you say it without saying you're a jelly donut. Right. That's what... You said it, and I was just about to ask you how many people, <laughs> how many people have to tell you about that. Oh, remember when Kennedy called himself a donut? Right. It's uh, probably one of the most famous anecdotes about Berlin for us Americans. So I always make sure not to say "Ein Berliner" because "A Berliner" is the name of the donut. Ah. Say "Ich Berliner." <laughs> Got it. Okay. <sighs> Well, it's good to make sure that we get these things out of the way so that way anybody who's listening who intends to go to Berlin at some point <laughs> yeah, don't make don't, the same yeah, mistake. Don't make that mistake. Don't put the iron in there and then you and then you're good to go. <laughs> I actually have to think about it because here in New Hampshire there's a town called Berlin, but the accent is on the other syllable. So it's Berlin for where you're at, but it's Berlin here in New Hampshire and I I always mess that up but it's a little town in the in the north of new hampshire and i've done speaking engagements uh, and stuff up there but um and it's it's nothing like what i imagine the real berlin <laughs> probably not or or you know any of the towns named paris throughout the united states <laughs> right exactly this, this this confuses everyone actually i like i i grew up in athens georgia so you know i'll make the mistake of telling people i'm from athens and they're like but you're not Greek. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's in Georgia, not the Georgia, the country, obviously. Right. And make that distinction too. So. This does get confusing. Yeah. But yeah, I immediately, <laughs> when you said Athens, Georgia, I immediately thought, 
Okay, so how much of that town is all about REM and the B-52s? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's what's always referenced. Um, you know, I've seen Michael Stipe walking around before and I sold him movie tickets one time when I worked at the movie theater. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he, he's the man about town. He owns a bunch of restaurants and stuff. Um, but the B-52s is big too. I mean, I used to park my car next to where their, uh, their practice space was downtown. So that's, it's, it's totally baked into the culture there. <laughs> That's awesome, and good to hear that uh, Michael Stipe is a nice walking around guy. At least seems like, yeah, he seems like he could be very aloof in some ways. Yeah, um, he's the local celebrity. I mean, you know, I, I I don't make a point of approaching him or anything, but <laughs> he's around. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, we are on the line here on Skype together to talk about The Last Jedi Incredible Cross-Sections book, which you contributed your amazing illustrations to once again, and congratulations on another fine work. This is your third one now, I believe it is, is that right, Thank with uh, the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide and The Force Awakens Incredible Cross-Sections? Uh, this is, so this is, this is my second um, uh, book that, you know, uh, that's just a cross sections book. This is the Force Awakens and then the Last Jedi. Uh, I did, but I did five images that are in the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Dictionary. Right. And I also did the update to the Complete Locations book for yes. the Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Which with um with really Ray's cool. Adat and uh, Maz's castle and yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So so I. I I don't know. I've seen The Force Awakens a lot. I mean, <laughs> like, I've, uh, I, I, I think I, I think I screen captured almost every frame from that movie. So, uh, <laughs> pretty familiar with it now. <laughs> so, do, does that mean? And this is not a, yeah, this is not a question I was intending to ask you. But um, when you're preparing for this book, what kind of reference material do you get? Um, do you get stuff from the designers? Are you actually looking at early cuts of the movie? Like where where does the the inspirational material come from? Uh, well, um, by the way, I might want to get this cleared. Yep. Uh, so uh, so I'm given uh, I, I'm given uh, uh, concept art. Uh, I get uh, in-progress shots of, um, you know, the models of the vehicles and stuff because they 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 are working on this stuff while I'm working on this. You know, they're I mean they're they're working on that movie until the time it comes out. Um, and uh, so the the you know the the cuts of the movie and stuff they are very very um, careful about giving that kind of thing out. So right. that's kind of okay. not happening for me very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so, but uh, basically all of my information flows through Pablo uh, okay. and, and Phil Sostak, um, which is uh, incredibly helpful because Phil, uh, uh, I'm probably butchering his last name. I hope I got that right. But, um, uh, uh, Phil works with the concept artist while he's putting together the art of books. So he has some great insights about what they're thinking. Cause I mean, those guys are really busy. I don't get to, uh, uh, 
chat with. I, I know I know some of them, you know, but um, you know, everyone's super busy working on this book all the time. So so basically, just you know, uh, Pablo will let me know what I need to know, and if I have more questions, I just I give them all to him because um, he's a, he's the he's the the big honcho at the story group, um, or he's. He's the one that I'm in contact with the most. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, that's how, how that works. And, and then Jason also does his fact-finding stuff, and then uh, the DK editors do the same thing, and we're, um, we're all uh, sharing information. Got it. And, uh, yes, I will absolutely uh, keep that out of the interview that I published because I imagine Kristen will not have time to get that vetted. Um, so I'll take a slice yeah. of that out and I'll send it to Kristen and I'll say, Hey, this came up in our conversation and, uh, you know, yeah. wanted to run it by you before we let this one go live. It, the, the, the thing is, I'm sure that people would like to think that I get to watch the movie <laughs> if I make this book, but I do not. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's probably something they, they don't want to reveal. <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what, I will go on from here with uh, a similar uh, segue to get into okay. the actual approved questions, and then we'll just run from there if that works for you. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So we are here on the line together on Skype to talk about the Incredible Cross Sections book for The Last Jedi. And I have a couple questions for you. I know you are a very busy gentleman, so we're going to keep it right quick and we'll oh. at least keep the questions quick and see where it goes from there. Maybe the answers might get <laughs> a little long. Wait, but... Always got time for you, Alan. It's oh, okay. <laughs> that's very kind of you. Thank you, Kemp. All right. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is about the story you get to tell with your illustration. So Jason obviously yep. tells stories with the words he puts in, but you have the ability to tell stories as well with the vehicles. Um, for example, so the Anodyne, which is one of the uh, Resistance capital ships, one of the ships in their fleet, uh, there's a note in the annotations that says it has a command bridge that can be ejected in an emergency. There's a note for the ATM-6, the giant mega-caliber-6 walker, that says it has an auxiliary space that can be customized depending on mission profiles. And so what I wanted to right. talk to you about is... Uh, your opportunities to tell stories with the vehicles. Um, what kind of elements of, of these vehicles and these stories do you get to invent? Uh, so, so I'm actually given a, a, a good amount of leeway with this, which is um, one of the reasons that this this project is so great. Um, you know, as long as I'm, I'm filling the requirements, they'll they'll let me um, run with some other concepts. Um, so. So like with the ATM six, uh, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of space in this thing, and and the uh, the you know the old adats have have like a crew compartment. Um, you know, it's not clear in the movie that this thing can carry troops, but it obviously it has a lot of volume. And I, I whenever I'm I'm doing these things, I want to I want to come up with an explanation for why the forms are the way they are, you know, and uh, and and kind of bake in some ideas that are present in, uh, uh, you know, actual military vehicles. And so the, you know, the idea with the, um, with the auxiliary space is that, you know, that that's, that's the way it goes with, with, uh, with modern tank and armored vehicle systems. Like there, there's, 
you can have a communications version, uh, you can have an assault version, you can have uh, the, the medic version, you can have the HQ version, you know? Um, so whenever I get the opportunity to do something like that, I feel like it, it really helps push the narrative and keep the uh, suspension of disbelief there for the, the viewer or the reader. Um, because it, you know, they can, they can read this little thing and go, Oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, so, you know, what I've got depicted here is the, uh, is the, 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 you know, the, the infantry crew pod, but, uh, that could easily be some kind of fancy communications thing. And you can almost kind of imagine maybe, you know, maybe the mega caliber six cannon gets switched out for something else. If it has a different mission profile, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and so another great example of that is, um, the, uh, the supremacy, which I really, really enjoyed working on. Um, because, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I, I really wanted to, um, uh, uh, come up with a good explanation for why this thing is so huge and, you know, what it's, it's, it's sort of function is besides just looking like a really giant imposing ship. Um, so, so not to toot my own horn or anything. Like, so here's the thing. Is I, <laughs> I, no, please, I please do toot your own horn. I encourage you to do so. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll toot it away then. Uh, so, so there's, there's some things that I'll, I'll think, I'll think, Oh, Hey, I, you know, I came up with this great idea. And then, and then after the fact, I'll be, I'll go, you know what? I bet the, I bet the concept designers were thinking about that anyways. And so, so when I was looking at this thing, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this, I think this was my idea, but I'm sure they were thinking about this too, is that, you know, maybe this thing is, 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 you know, it's, it's basically the size of a giant city. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just a giant ship, like a star destroyer that has, you know, tie fighters and assault vehicles and stuff. This thing, this thing is like manufacturing things on the go and the the advantage of it is that it can fly around space and like build the armies and stuff rather than just housing them on a planet or something um which which i'm sure is not a, an original idea in star wars anyways but that's the first that's the first thing that kind of came to me when i was seeing this thing and that's what drove the um the decisions i made with you know with the stuff i mean and this thing is so massive that uh, you know you're you're really working on that macro level. So I was immediately just thinking about um, you know the kind of the textures that you get when you're looking out look over like a giant uh, you know overhead shot of a heavily industrial area you know that you could find in in the United States or Japan or something like this. Right and. You know, just trying to push the idea that maybe there's like these like assembly lines that are constantly churning out stuff for the first order. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, but but, you know, we, we also have these little these little like pizza wedge looking cuts um, in the in the wings. And in uh, the, the idea with those, I believe, was that the that's where they can dock. You know, it, and it's labeled that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can dock, and so, so I was also thinking, you know, I mean, these these things need to be maintained and constructed, 
And that's why I had the idea to put in um, the, uh, the, 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 the capital ship manufacturing area mm -hmm. on either sides um, right. because that is, you know, in, in real war fighting, that is like a, you know, a major uh, logistical thing is how, you know, how far your, your, um, uh, your stuff is from the, uh, you know, the place where it has to be maintained and supplied and stuff like this. So, you know, it, it just, it just made sense to me that, you know, this, the supremacy can also act as like a mobile, mobile repair facility, manufacturing facility, whatever. Um, and so everything's just very centralized, you know, on this thing and making it, making the first orders kind of, uh, uh, battle ability uh more lethal that way right does that make sense yeah it um, does. yeah <laughs> and, and that... then you can also sorry go ahead no no you go ahead uh and then there's you know there's also just things like uh, you know this thing's so massive so it's like maybe it, you know it probably doesn't have just one power source and so i put in uh 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 these the you know i wanted I, I suggested that there, it's a it's a fusion reactor complex instead of just you know just a just a generator and uh, and I, I I suggested that the one that you, you see so you see two of them but they're labeled uh, number five and number six fusion reactor complexes right to suggest that there's you know there's like six of these things total and that they go deeper into the into the structure. Um, yeah. So, and 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 then I guess you know the, the last things I'll just I'll note about the supremacy is um, you know the the, the center portion uh, looks a lot like this like a city. So I you know I kind of imagine that that that's like where the majority of the crew is and spends most of its time. And um, and so I put in like a like an assembly hall, and they said that it can it can seat like two hundred thousand people. And I was imagining you know that's where they go to like get these like ranty speeches from Hawks or right. whoever <laughs> indoctrinated with their first order propaganda. So, <laughs> so that's, so that's the kind of stuff that I get to come up with, which is, um, you know, which is just I, so lucky to be able to do this. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a background working in working as a concept artist in video games. And so that is, uh, you know, beyond the, the artistic ability, that is the kind of thing that, that clients will come to you is like that, you know, they'll have ideas for what a thing is. And then the, you know, the fun part for me and the thing that you, you know, want to do to be clever is, you know, maybe come up with more stuff that you can suggest to them. And, uh, you know, especially if it fits in with the universe and with the project and uh, and helps reinforce the ideas that that, that are already present. Um, you know that just that just makes everything better. And you know clients definitely like that. So so uh, so that is that is almost um, half the job. You know is is coming up with with stuff that uh, that can amplify the the uh, the you know the imagination reality that's going on with these things. Yeah, and being an active collaborator in the process too. Right, right, and mm -hmm. and, and and you know, uh, I I I just love working with Lucasfilm for this reason because uh, they are they are really open to cool suggestions and 
they, you know, I really don't get ideas batted down unless they, you know, immediately contradict something that happens in the movie or is supposed to be a function of the ship. Like the, they'll, they'll let me roll with my ideas, which again, I'm just so lucky to be able to do that and, you know, inject little, little, little things into the star Wars canon. That is you know? awesome. <laughs> that is really awesome to hear. Yeah. And so yeah. when, so then you've seen the last Jedi actually now, presumably, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 more than once. <laughs> so when so when Holdo sends the Radis into the supremacy, do you have a moment where you go, "My baby," because you spent so much time <laughs> imagining, you know, all the intricacies of the supremacy? Is how traumatic an experience is that for you? <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, I think I'd be terribly naive if I thought that. Um, any of these ships are going to survive any of these movies because <laughs> they generally don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a little bummed we didn't get to see uh, uh, the inside of the of the the anodyne and the and the ninka because I uh, spent forever doing those. But you know, I, I also knew that you know that there weren't set photos of those or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I guess it was, you know, it was a little sad to see those, those drop off, and get exploded. You know, it's like, Oh, oh those, those were cool ships. I wish they had more screen time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're working on the supremacy, which is one of the, that's, that's the giant gatefold one inside the incredible cross section. So it's four pages. How do you yeah. work on something like that? I mean, I don't imagine you're looking at, you know, a giant 70 inch monitor necessarily. Like how do you deal <laughs> with something that large when you're working on it? Uh, is you know, it just I as mean, simple could, as it being piece by piece or, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's just piece by piece. I mean, you can, you know, you can zoom in pretty close in Photoshop and, uh, I basically, you know, for something like the supremacy, I just, I make the biggest file that Photoshop will let me make without <laughs> crashing. And, uh, and I just I just take it from there. Um, you know, it, it it actually seems like something like this would be more difficult than some of the other ships. But the fact that it's at such a macro scale uh, lets me get away with things like making um, you know complex textures of lights and and pipes and you know stuff, and I can you know pull from uh, uh, various like. You know, like uh, like I, I do I do a lot of trickery with uh, scans of model kit pieces, mm. which uh, are are really great for looking like industrial factories and stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, fun fact, secret there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and I'll also use um, you know, textures and stuff like uh. Uh, gosh, I probably I shouldn't even reveal this, but I mean, they're, they're like, I have a, I have a really high res image and I think you can find this online too of, uh, the finalizer. And there's just some really great, like, like bits in that thing that mm -hmm. you don't really see on the screen. And, uh, so I get to do a little bit of recycling there. Okay. And you know, that is, you know, that's kind of, I mean, that's how they made the original ships and the original, you know, they, they kitbashed everything from existing model kits and stuff. So, right. so I, 
try to use that same approach, uh, which has a very Star Warsy feel to it. You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of a, a lot of the design with this stuff is like, you know, big big simple graphic shapes that are kind of threaded together by uh, high density parts of detail that are like you know in the seams and stuff like that and accentuated with lights right it's kind of, uh, yeah that's, that sounds that's, very authentic to the process of the actual you know model making and the production of the movies too so i i think that sounds you know perfectly legitimate to me i mean i don't think <laughs> i i don't think you're doing anything wrong by that and, you know not that i'm the be all end all but you know that sounds sure, like sure. a perfect way to approach it yeah, I mean, it, 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 it helps, it, it keeps everything consistent, and, you know, I mean, it's a great approach. It, it, it's, um, that's it, it, been, uh, helpful for me to understand how they go about making this stuff, because I get to use some of the same processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we talk a lot about the supremacy already. I guess I, I should ask, is this one, would you say that one was, you know, maybe the most fulfilling one for you to work on or even the most challenging one? And if the answer is no to either one of those questions, then then <laughs> what would it have been for you? Well, I'll just say I, I think it actually was one of the most fulfilling because um, it really tickled my imagination to, to, to you know, I, I – I like big capital ships and, and, and he cannot you know, lie. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Uh, no, that was good. That's good. That's good ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so so that uh, you know, challenging, yes, you know, because of the macro level, fulfill more so fulfilling, I guess I would say. Uh, I, I think one of the more challenging ones for me was the escape shuttle because it has so many characters in it um you know there's like over 30 people in that shot and uh and and i wanted to make sure that they're all correct and that all their uniforms are correct and and the faces were faces that were that you see in the movie um so you know and 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 i really enjoy being able to switch between just mechanical guts and parts and you know, putting the characters in, which gives it a very, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's a good gateway for the viewer to uh, to imagine being in these things. Um, but uh, that was that was a particular challenge. I mean, I have to make uh, Poe look like Oscar Isaacson, and you know, yada yada yada. Get get the uh, get the aliens looking correct. Uh, they let me put nine nub in there, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh yeah something like that is is almost more of a challenge than something like the supremacy if that makes sense yeah it is i was trying to remember back to the force awakens incredible cross sections i don't recall off the top of my head there being as many opportunities for you to draw characters per se in that one um well there was uh you know there was the um uh there was the the landing craft for the first order. So that was really fun for me because, uh, I got to paint all these stormtroopers running off of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, and then there was the, uh, the, the resistance transport, which, uh, I put myself in as the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I, I've mentioned this at, uh, Star Wars Celebration, but, uh, that was, excellent opportunity because you don't 
you know, you only you only know that that Leia comes out of that ship. So she's standing outside, but uh, you know, I, I put I, I put David it on. My editors in there. Um, I, I, I and I put I, I put some people from Lucasfilm in there. Just like I, I I put in people that I was directly interacting with um, on the movie in the ship as a little thank you for their help. That is, <laughs> so, that's yeah. awesome. I haven't heard that story before. I'm going to be looking very closely at that one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it, it, uh, you know, with the, with the escape shuttle, you know, the, these, these guys are all actors and stuff that are in the movie, but with the, with the rebel tra- resistance transport, um, I was able to do that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's great to have this opportunity to put characters in, you know, when you get the chance. And I wanted to ask you too, since you have revealed now that, you know, particular Easter egg from the force awakens, incredible cross sections, you are also known for sticking Easter eggs in your incredible cross sections book. Can you give us any hints? You don't necessarily have to outright give away the goods, but, uh, can you give us any <laughs> hints about any Easter eggs that you may have included in the Last Jedi Incredible Cross sections? Uh, well, yeah, uh, I, you know, I'll just say in, in the escape in the Resistance shuttle scene, um, you know, obviously uh, uh, Connix is in there, Billy Lord, uh, but I also got a chance to put Chelsea Hamill in, uh-huh. uh, so that was, you know, that that's. Um, there's that. That's a little nod. All right. Um, and then in the Libertine, uh, you know, this is this is uh, uh, owned by a, you know an executive of of, of uh, arms dealer. So I put a. Uh, it, it's it's a little difficult to see because it's close to the scene. But in the deluxe sleeping cabin, there is a particular logo from a particular fleet systems uh, company wow. that fans. And uh, for our listeners who are unaware, the Libertine is the ship that DJ and BB-8 steal on Canto Bight to take back to the big battle at the end or the big uh, low-speed chase. I keep calling it a low-speed chase just because, (laughs) I mean, it is technically, I guess, a high-speed chase because they've got engines at full throttle, but... um, Right. (laughs) In space, it's a little hard to get your bearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all, it you know, Einstein's relativity or whatever. It all seems like it's low speed just from the perspective of things. Right. <laughs> but um, thank you very much for sharing those. All right, so we will have to be on the hunt for those. That's very cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I'll you know and and just to leave you with the uh, you know there's there's if. Uh, uh, astute readers might notice some Bacta tanks in the anodyne. Anodyne, if they look really closely, ah. it's also labeled. <laughs> but they're yeah, they 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 reference the the originals. I do need to get my uh, get a really good magnifying glass. I think at this point, I've spent enough time like staring <laughs> as closely as possible with like bright lights shining on your work on these incredible cross sections books, just like hunting through like it's a Waldo book basically. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I think I just need to invest in like one of those magnifying like those you know um, very cool like giant extendable arm magnifying glasses and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might, might be helpful. Might be helpful. I, you know, it's it's always funny to see see these things 
you know, actually reproduced in the actual book because uh, I, I, I do kind of make the mistake sometimes working on these in Photoshop and then zooming in like, you know, 5,000% and, <laughs> and uh, you know, working it as, as, as little as possible and then realizing like, oh, wait, like no one's going to notice this. It's like way too small. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ken, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for our listeners, what are you uh, working on now? What are you working on next that you can share details about? Uh, you know, I really can't say. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but so I'll have to leave it a giant mystery. Um, but it is always a pleasure talking to you, Alan. And uh, I'm really glad that you could have me on and we could have this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. And so where can our listeners uh, best connect with you or best follow what's going on with you in your world? Uh, well, I have a, uh, I have a, a Twitter handle called Kemptronicus. Um, but if you, you know, if you search for incredible cross sections on Twitter, that those will come up. Uh, I did an interview with Jason, a written interview that's on StarWars.com where we uh, describe some more of the process and stuff. But uh, I generally use my Twitter um, and, and and my Facebook to to release whatever I'm working on or, or have have finished working on. Fair enough. All right, and I will include links to those profiles at the blog post for this show's episode at Star Wars 7x7. That's SW7x7.com. For those of you who okay. haven't been to the website yet, and I'm sure I'll post it on our social media profiles as well. Kemp, thank you again. Okay. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Hey, always a ple always my pleasure, Alan. Pleasure's all mine. So, you know, uh, be well, and thanks for having me on. And uh, anytime you want to talk again, just please let me know. Oh, believe me, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, if you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous 5-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So if you were listening to the podcast back in July of 2016, then this might be familiar to you. And if not, then I'll keep the history lesson brief. So at Star Wars Celebration Europe, I interviewed Kemp Remillard at an event that DK was throwing at Celebration for journalists and bloggers and podcasters and whatnot. And at that event, Kemp was able to reveal for the first time anywhere that he would have cross-section illustrations included in the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide that was already announced. They had said it was going to be coming out. But normally when Lucasfilm and DK do a visual guide, they don't include cross-sections in it. So it was rather novel and newsworthy that that was going to happen. Now, 
jump forward to today. So Kemp didn't have anything to say, as you heard, about upcoming projects, but I wonder what the possibilities are for Solo, A Star Wars Story, because of course we have that movie coming up in less than four months. And if they follow the same format that they did with Rogue One, then there would be a Solo, A Star Wars Story Ultimate Visual Guide, and we could keep our fingers crossed for some cross-sections included in that. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take on Count Dooku all by yourself, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not a crazy spinning alien of unknown origin, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.